ready for the interview And if you get a cue live on a laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo, let's have a combo Say what you feel, be real That's the motto Real talk, pronto Dr. D, PhD, hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Well, well, well. Katya, we're here. We are here. We made it, Darian. We made it. We finally get to chat. How are you today? I'm feeling pretty sunny. It's beautiful outside of my windows. I'm grateful for the sunshine, the ability to get outside, take a walk, and then be present here with us together today. You have this light about you. I feel it. It's there's something there. There's, there's a happiness factor there. There's something uh. there. A bit of joy, you might say. <laughs> that's a nice segue, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about joy. Let's talk about your joy and how you came to the work that you've been doing. Mm, beautiful question. What a what a genesis of a question. To catch folks up who are who are tuning in, grateful that you're here. Recently, I wrote a book on joy, on celebrating the tiny moments that make us wonder and pause to appreciate the all all the tiny little moments that really truly make us feel human. And as many of us may relate. The last two years, y'all, they have been a whirlwind to say the least, especially in the polemical nature of the last couple of weeks themselves. There have been many opportunities for us not to feel joy. Derry, I'm curious, you, you kind of also strike me as a very joyous, happy, you know, charismatic person. Yeah. Have you felt kind of prickly, tingly, ah, over the last two years? Yeah, from time to time, for sure. Like anyone, I feel yeah. like, uh, but you know, it's, uh, there's a lot to be thankful for too. Mm-hmm. A lot, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's so easy to pull, get pulled towards the negative things or things that are conflict. And that's part of life, that mm-hmm. conflict. But there's also a lot of goodness and joy in there, too. You know, Absolutely. And so, like many of us, I found myself kind of in this pretty big slump. I uh, was working in people operations, which was amazing. That's that's my life's work. So I'm a leadership development facilitator currently. In my past, I'd worked in people operations for several tech companies. And so, you know, my whole goal was to help other people thrive in the workplace. Because during one of my life philosophies is if we spend so much of our lives working, shouldn't we find joy and meaning and purpose and love and happiness in what we do? Seems like a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Seems like the answer is, well, duh, of course. And so over the last couple of years, I've been feeling this really pull towards a heaviness from the pandemic, from several decisions, uh, just swirling in the world. I was like, wow, the color feels like it's kind of drained from life, from the environment. So how can I, how can I change it? And I realized that in the midst of all this swirliness, my company was going through a merger. We had entered the pandemic. The world was shutting down. People were losing their social connections. So loneliness set in. Adam Grant's philosophy or concept of languishing set in where folks no longer felt like they were thriving. They were just barely trying to survive. And again, I think that may probably resonate with a lot of folks, even if they're happy by nature, even if their like underlying core is charisma. And so I was like, well, okay, cool. Let's just move to Cabo, forget that all these worries existed and just start a new life. But of course, that's not possible, right? Of course, that's the stuff of dreams. If we could all move to Cabo and have a restart, have a refreshed outlook on life, then we'd all be doing it. But of course, it's easier said than done. So like, what if there was, what if there were those little moments that make us pause in awe, in wonder, in just appreciation, like you said, of all the beautiful things about there that exist in our daily routines? 
And that's how this idea of little tiny joys was born. I'll pause here because I've unloaded quite a quite a bit of us here. Yeah, well, it was, seems like, well, have you always, all right, let me take this back here. Like you come on and you have a, a great presence. You have a light, like I said, this light. Thank you. And, but I wonder, has that light always been there or is this something you have really worked on to develop? Yeah, great question. Makes me think of the nature versus nurture question, mm -hmm. right? Like how much of our expression is due to genetics? How much of it is due to our upbringing and our environment? As a kid, I'll be honest, I was called the optimist. I remember in high school, I joined the optimist club in order to kind of make the environment of my fellow um, high school classmates a little bit better. It was a club where honestly, it was just a bunch of friends who got together to, uh, you know, talk every Friday during, during the time that it was club hour. But I always had a smile on my face. In fact, I remember my peers saying like, Kati, you always seem to have found the silver linings and things. I was like, yeah, awesome. That's a great identity to have until it wasn't. And I know this sounds like a bit of like a, a novel, right? She had all this until it got stripped away. It's not exactly how it happened, but I think especially again, due to the pandemic, due to the nature of working 15 hour days, all of that became so much harder. So because I was an am an immigrant, I came to the States when I was just seven years old. I kind of had this ethos of, we grew up really poor. We didn't really have much. We had to stand in line for food back in my home country. And that was really hard. And so when I came to America, I was like, wow, abundance. You can literally get anything you want at the grocery store <laughs> and not have to, you know, bribe the salesman. Nobody man. thinks about uh, that though. Like, like, it's so yeah. funny. Like in America, you're so like conditioned to, you know, in a different way. When people mm -hmm. come here, immigrate, it's such a different mind-blowing experience. Mm -hmm. because it's, mm -hmm. you know, you grow up, you think, oh, it's a grocery store. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Stuff there. No big deal. <laughs> you know? right. 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 And it's uh, exactly to your point, Darian, it's those things that become normalized in our daily routines. Yes. You know, we wake up, we go to work, we drink coffee. We might swing by the store on the way back, make dinner, rinse and repeat. Yeah. Right. And it's in these very routines. I wondered, okay, well, if the world seems kind of dark, if I myself am kind of feeling in a darker spot and I'll explain exactly what that meant. How do I uncover that joy in the ordinary moments? And I'll share with you candidly that during the time of the pandemic, um, there were moments where after working 10, 15 hours, I was like, I need to take a break. Cause you and I are, are both very sort of fitness and health oriented. I'm someone who tends to work out every day because it brings me happiness. It kind of rejuvenates the body, the spirit, the mind. So I remember sitting there on the driveway in between my, you know, 15 hour workday, I was like, I just need to take a break. But I had no physical, no mental, no emotional energy to do a single push-up. This is something that I had been doing for years. It was part of my daily routine. I just had no gumption. So I remember sitting there on the driveway crying. I was like, what is happening, Katya? What is going on right now? Called my partner. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I just cannot do this. So that was my, my little driveway moment. And then the theme of burnout entered the stage. Now, burnout is probably something that for folks who are listening, maybe a pretty familiar thing. Darian, is that something that you've heard in other conversations with past uh, podcast guests that they've also brought oh, up? Of course. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's a pretty regular thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it becomes part of our vernacular, right? Part of our lived experience. And I was like, this is not a way to live. So despite all of the good things that were probably out there in the world, I couldn't see it. 
So it was almost like a veil was over my face. And where did all the color, where did all the, the vivacity, the joy go? And so instead of moving to Cabo, I was like, what if I were to explicitly be deliberate and focusing on my routines? So in the mornings before work, and I still do this to this day, I go on a walk at least 15 minutes just to reset, to be able to prime my mind to get to jump to the workday. And then on those walks, saw the same things that I saw every single day. Hummingbirds zipping by, very lucky to live in California where hummingbirds are abundant. Maybe in the fall, I stepped on a particularly crunchy leaf and just felt, wow, this feels really good. Maybe I saw the same oak tree that I'd passed over and over and over again, 20 times before, 50 times before. But maybe that morning there was something new about it. Maybe the shape of the leaves, maybe the way that the light hit the trees. And over time, I began to realize that if I were to pay attention to these tiny little moments, then maybe I could prime myself to be in the mindset of appreciating those small moments. And that's how the concept of how do we find those tiny joys in plain sight was born. I'll pause here. because <laughs> yeah, I'm a big listener. I like to really listen and take in what people yeah. tell me there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, th I think when you listen and you're thoughtful in your responses, it's part of joy, you know, mm -hmm. drinking in what someone tells you. Mm -hmm. Versus mm -hmm. thinking, what am I going to say uh, yes. with this person uh, yeah. for that? Mm -hmm. So when someone, let's say they, they come to you and they are, let's say the opposite of you. right? <laughs> the opposite of this iteration of me. Yeah. The opposite <laughs> of what I'm seeing currently. Sure. What is the first thing that you talk about with it? Because for some people seeing the little joys can be very, could feel like a mountain to them climbing mm -hmm. a mountain when everything else feels like it's falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very real thing. I want to caveat this by saying that deliberately looking for joy is not a panacea for things like depression or generalized anxiety disorder or any of the other things that make our perception and our, our lived experience of the world a different color, perhaps a darker color. And I will also say that I'm not a medical doctor or a psychiatrist to be able to kind of work through it. And yet I also know that the very last thing that I sometimes want to do when I'm kind of in those pits of spiraling is to say, okay, Katya, just articulate the positive. You'll be fine. It's kind of like that statement. Oh, you're sad. Just be happy. Yeah. We know that that doesn't work. Right. Right. So what I like to think about and what I like to kind of empathize with other folks in, in, Kind of helping them to see those little tiny joys is to say, why does it matter to them? Why does it matter that they want to go towards something that's a little bit more colorful to, towards a life or at least even a moment, one minute out of their day that has a little bit of levity to it? Maybe they want to feel better. Maybe they want to show up better for their spouses, their loved ones, their colleagues, their parents, whomever it may be. So finding that why for me, that why was that I just felt this acute discomfort with the way that I was showing up to the world. And Darian, I'll share with you now that this is a process, like, especially over the last week, I have felt this acute discomfort that the world is a little scary. Mm -hmm. It's a world that I don't really recognize anymore. And I'm, I'm, you know, trying to be as, as transparent as possible here. Mm -hmm. Like what is going on here? Sure. But I also know that a lot of the way that we live our world is based on our perceptions. There's like the capital T truth and the lowercase T truth. I, I, you know, I like to think in, in those types of philosophical, yes. uh, philosophical lenses, 
But a lot of our perception, a lot of our lived experience is how we perceive the incoming stimuli that our brain processes. Mm -hmm. So I like to think of mindset as a lens through which we see those experiences, those perspectives. It was fascinating is, um, I want to say it's a gentleman, Dr. Robert Hoffman. Uh, he talks about consciousness. He's a pretty hardcore scientist, but he has mm -hmm. deduced that from 1987 on that consciousness um, is, is, is not the hard science that we think it is, that, mm -hmm. that it's more of that our consciousness creates what we see or mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. essentially our perception, we may see a decision made on a larger scale about something could be upsetting, right? In, in, the, in the case of many court decisions that we're hearing. Mm -hmm. yep. But there's also the lowercase t of the things that are happening in your daily life. And there's often mm -hmm. something else that is available to tap into. Mm -hmm. So we look at this macro thing, but on the micro level, have we actually looked into what all these things mean on a daily basis? Have we demystified the process of life? Mm -hmm. I don't think we demystify life. We look at pop culture and different things and we don't look further than the surface level of mm -hmm. those things. Mm -hmm. And so we create our perception based off of the surface level and not on what is behind. I call it the wizard of Oz effect. Yes. Ever, no yes. one looks to see if the wizard is real or if what's mm. the reality behind the wizard. They just look at the wizard as this big huffy puffy thing. Yeah. Type of thing. So anyways, I just wanted to add that to perception mm -hmm. or that. Okay. It's upsetting. There's certainly mm -hmm. lots of things that are upsetting lately, mm -hmm. but what else is behind that, that we need to look at as well yeah. within that? Yeah. And on top of that, what else is behind that? It's understanding what we are responsible for or can control on the one hand right. versus what we cannot control on the other hand. Correct. You know, going back to the Supreme Court decisions earlier this week, when I heard that news, I'll be honest, I was kind of numb because by this yeah. point, there's been so much polemical bad news in the world that I was like, oh, okay, another cherry on top of this, right. this, uh, you know, Sunday. <laughs> and then I began to unpack that. I was like, oh shit, now these feelings are kind of coming full yeah. force, full spectrum. Yeah. And yet, what can I do about it in the moment? In the macro perspective, to your point, right. I can vote. Right. I can go out. Right. I can let, uh, let voices be known, elevate other voices. But at that moment that I received the news, I could breathe. I could call a friend. I could get outside all those. I think that in my view, life is made of these tiny little micro moments that we stitch together with our own yeah. layer of meaning, like what matters to us? How might these moments impact us when we're on our deathbeds, you know, we're 90 or hundred or 110 years old. We're looking back through the funnel of our lives, what was most meaningful? Yeah. And the and things you, that, yeah. Mm -hmm. You may feel like you're getting served a shit Sunday, you know? Yeah. Like, yes. They're like, wow, this, <laughs> I definitely didn't want this. And I, and I, I believe a, a majority of people have not been happy with what's been mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. I think most people want to live a good life. They, they live in a very moderate sense of living, you know? Mm -hmm. And, so hearing a big news thing, it's upset. It can be upsetting, mm -hmm. but what, what's within your power? What, what do you do on a daily basis to, in your lived reality or that that's one version of reality. Yes. But, yes. And, and it is upsetting. You should, I'm not, you want to, I'm validating that is very upset. It was definitely upsetting to me, mm -hmm. uh, but there's also a lived reality that we often have to focus on too.
Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the focus piece is what's really interesting to me. So over the last, it feels like over the last decade or two, it was actually this, the term was coined in the 1980s. It's this concept of the attention economy, right? Mm-hmm. Where we have so much stimuli coming in through our brains and it becomes very hard to focus on our work, on our kids, on our loved ones. It's, it's almost that, that feeling of being completely frazzled, right? Like a static television where there's just uh, too much going on. And so our attention tends to plummet. Our focus tends to plummet. In fact, when research was conducted on the attention of knowledge workers in, in an average workplace, it found that about every three minutes in a given hour, interruptions happened, whether it was external interruptions like Slack or pings or texts or self interruptions, which is fascinating, right? So we only have a limited amount of attention Mm -hmm. in a given three minute period. But what is, what's the good news there? The good news is that researchers are kind of hinting at, and it is also my belief that we can train attention like a muscle. So the more that we train our brains to focus on the things that we can control on the bright spots, the more we're likely to see them. Right. Uh, Darian, I want to share with you this kind of, I think about perception and assumptions quite a bit. Let's say a person, let's say you and I, we assume that most people are good. Do you, do you assume that to be the case? I do actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. And so because you assume that most people are good, it's probably why you encounter so many people, so many good, kind, knowledgeable, wise people. It's probably in part due to the, you know, why your podcast is so successful, where you've had over 400 of these types of conversations where you're building and learning about the world in the way that you have. On the flip side, what if we were to take that same assumption, right? Because our lives are guided by assumptions. What if we were to take a similar assumption and say, I assume that there is at least one little sparkle, at least one moment in my day, no matter how big, no matter how small, that makes me pause. That makes me appreciate what I have, whether it's a crunchy bagel, whether it's a really nice smile or a pleasant exchange with a loved one or a coworker, whether it's someone said hello to us on Slack from whom we haven't heard from in a while, right? Those are the little micro moments that make up a good life. And so if we can assume that all these moments exist out there waiting for us to find them, then what does that make us? That makes us treasure hunters, right? We're finding the little treasures in those everyday moments, in the routine specifically. We're not waiting to move to Cabo. We're not trying to completely upend our lives. All we can do is pay attention to the things that ultimately matter most to us. Yeah. I feel like you've talked about this a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I am a professional facilitator by by day. It's like very obvious you've talked about this. (laughs) Like a lot, there's a presentation feel to this. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I'll be honest. I don't know sure what to make of it. I, I mean, I think it's good, it's, it's, mm-hmm. but I could, if, I feel like you've talked about this a lot. I yeah. have, I have. Yeah. It's good, like you've talked to people, like rooms of people and then mm-hmm. like, you know, b- different companies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's good. And I'm curious, maybe, okay, let me back up here. I wonder what people think when they uh, meet you. Like, I wonder what people think, like, this is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. I just, Mm -hmm. I think I like to dissect stuff like this. Like yes, something, I get a feeling about a person. I'm like, I need to discuss this about this person. (laughs) 
Well, Darian, before I answer that question, I'd love for you to answer the question because we have just met and this is just a, a very yeah. auspicious sort yeah. of time. Yeah. I think, you know, like you seem like a very genuine person, but it just seems like you've talked about this a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like professionally, yeah. it feels mm. very professional, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I also feel sincere at the same time. Mm. You know, sometimes it could sound professional and sound sure. fake yeah. at the same time. Yeah. But I also wonder, like, sometimes when somebody's like, you seem like a really positive person, mm -hmm. but you acknowledge that things are tough, mm -hmm. but you overwhelmingly seem very positive, which is beautiful. Thank and I you. wonder how people take that when they meet mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Me, I just had this. Those are my thoughts about, it, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing that. That gives me a, a nice perspective on just, a, a you know, a person entering into my life and having their perception should yeah. be shared. I am hyper aware of the concept of toxic positivity, of not mm. being overly effusive and saying, rah, rah, the world's great. <laughs> yes, there's shit, but we're totally fine, right? Because we're not. Like the democracy as we know it is at stake. A lot of people's lives, a lot of people's rights are at stake. And that's, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on there, yeah, but that's, that's fucking hard. And that no. sucks. Right. No. And so I think to answer your question, most people, when they meet me, they do see the smiley face. Cause I do present as, as pretty positive because I, I genuinely think there is a lot to be grateful for. I agree. And at the same time, I believe in the power of sharing the stories of darkness because each of us has those. Yeah. Like I was, uh, yeah, as many of us tend to do, and I'll call myself out on it, was mindlessly scrolling on Instagram today. And I came across um, this actress who was in a, in a show I'm watching. I'm like, wow, her entire feed is this beautiful, glammed up. She's skinny. She's blonde. She's tall. She's like the iconic Instagram girl, right? Yeah. I'm like, tell me the bad shit. Tell me the, the yeah. negative stuff. And yet, if you look at my Instagram, or at least my, my book Instagram, it's full of a lot of shiny moments. <laughs> so, so it's kind of the des disparity, uh -huh. right? The, the desire yeah. to present to the world that, hey, like we got our shit together when on the yeah. inside, maybe we don't. Yeah. And so, you know, part of the other reason that, that I wanted to um, write this book, it's a book called Joy in Plain Sight, celebrating uh, stories and essays, celebrating wonder in the ordinary is to share with others real vulnerable narratives that like yeah. life is not perfect that we have had near death experiences. We've had loved ones die. We've had a lot of shit in our lives yeah. that we kind of have to either carry or work through. Yeah. I think that's the power of, of human stories of having conversations like these yeah. to, like you said, dissect, right? I'm all what about the, first... the dissection. I start hearing people talk and I'm like, I got to talk about this. I like, <laughs> your, your presence is very striking, Katya. Mm, it's very you. striking. Like there's a lot of warmth and there's a lot of positivity and but it, it's funny it, it feels like you've talked i don't know how to say this but <laughs> i feel like you talk about this a lot like it's like it's almost a professional presentation of a person but mm -hmm, they're also mm -hmm. very warm at the same mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. and talk about dark stuff it's throwing me off man mm. <laughs> okay what what about that makes you uh thrown off or slightly like off center because I've known a lot of people who present like you do. And mm -hmm. like, I don't hear the bad stuff from them. Mm -hmm. It's like over, it's the toxic, it's like overly positive. I don't mm -hmm. like that because mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, listen, everybody has flaws and things and they're going through hard stuff. 
those people I often see like when I really get to know them on the mm -hmm. back end, it's nothing like behind the, the curtain. It's mm -hmm. messy. It's very mm -hmm. messy. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like people who are like really negative. It's like, come on. I mean, there's like good stuff. I mean, come on. You know, it's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. everything's bad. Like, so yes. you're throwing me off because like you present a very positive personality, but you're mm -hmm. also like, yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff that's happening. Like, you know, and yeah. it, that's not common. I feel mm -hmm. like it's a, this is a compliment. I, I don't want this <laughs> to sound like this is like a like, oh man, I'm just dogpiling on God. Like, <laughs> no, it's I just strange. It. <laughs> I'm just telling mm. it to me. I like strange. Strange is good. We need it more is good. strange it's in just, this world. I'm just being observational about it. Mm. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yeah. Darren, I'd like to share a piece of feedback with you that I got early on in my um, leadership facilitation role where, and again, this is enlightened kind of uh, peeling back the layers, right, of, of this presentation. So I work as a leadership facilitator now. I teach managers, executives, individual yeah. contributors, leadership skills, which is such a blast, right? Like we get yeah. to go into all these wonderful organizations and hopefully change the thinking and the behaviors. Yeah. And that's a parent, like you're speaking, <laughs> that's a parent, like that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the feedback was, Katya, you sound too much like a facilitator and not enough as a human being. Okay. Hold on. Stop you here. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story real quick. Yeah. Please. Quick. So I was in, I was in Colorado over the week with my family on a vacation. Mm -hmm. We went on this cave tour in Colorado Springs, cave of the winds <sighs> tour, big shout out. Amazing uh -huh. thing. <laughs> our tour guide, okay, this says <laughs> our tour guide was taking us through the caves. My wife looked at me, she goes, just feels like a theater act. Like, I don't know if this guy's a real person. Like, I'm not sure what he actually would be like if he wasn't mm -hmm. like, it was like the intonation the pitch and, and a thousand years ago this happened here and i was like okay who are you like this is a yeah. theater I, it was felt theatrical anyway that's the mm -hmm. story yeah, mm -hmm. so i get kind of that feedback a little bit yeah yes yes it's almost like there's a veneer on that person yes. and you're like what's behind it like and it, it also oh, i think no. that that type of veneer tends to decrease the trust in the other person right you don't know how they actually are yes right and that feels kind of unsettling yeah um, so like similar to the feedback that your wife gave, uh, or shared with you about that mm -hmm. cave person also shout out to Coast Springs, a beautiful place to be. I've, uh, climbed the Manitou stairs and it was amazing. Oh, amazing. What a right? blast. So yes. Cool. Yeah. yes. What a thrill nearly died of like oxygen depletion, but you know, that's, <laughs> that's part of it. Yes. Part of the feedback that I received early on in this career, or I guess in this role is that like, Kati, you were coming across so polished because mm -hmm. I had done Toastmasters for three years. I had been in the positions of facilitating. For, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now the puzzles are clicking. <laughs> um, but I had been in such like positions where perfection and polished mm -hmm. uh, appearance were the expectation. It was the norm. When I came to my organization, which is the best place that I've ever worked at, it was like, no, you're here to be human first and then also share your knowledge, your content in, in a professional manner. And so I started experimenting after I received that feedback. I was like, what would it take for Katya to throw in like a shit mm -hmm. in, in a professional facilitation, sure. right? In workshops that, that we uh, give to clients. I was like, Ooh, that feels spicy. Cause that's authentic me. Like I love the occasional, the occasional curse word, not just to use them willy nilly, sure. but because they just slip out. What would that feel like? What would it feel like for me to share a personal story? in these ideas and these leadership ideas that we're trying to teach and these personal stories that they don't relate to work. 
they relate yeah. to life drawing on those life lessons to then apply to work then to then apply to leadership development yeah. and over time it was fascinating to see how much I was able to relax where I didn't feel like I had to get it right 100% of the time or to like show up as this, yes, I'm ready. It's 10 a.m. I'm about to go into my first workshop. I'm going to crush it, <laughs> right? Because that that's also really heavy for the person yeah. um, to upkeep. Much like it's probably really heavy for the uh, cave tour guide to say, we are here and we're excited to yeah. be here, right? Because yeah, I think that person, right when they're done with the tour and they walk away, they're like, Ugh. Uh-huh. And then like, I'm like, I want to meet that person. Like yeah. I want to meet the person who's not doing the tour. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it just, it's just an interesting thing. You know, it's like, yes. I, I've, I speak a lot myself and it's, it is a process of how do you, how are you mixing your, the person people see you watching TV or hanging out with your significant other versus this professional person, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So I think that, you know, there's the joy in that is interesting. Yeah. You're, how do you come across their projection is interesting. Mm-hmm. It just came to me very quickly. As soon as we got on, I was like, this is going to be a different. <laughs> <laughs> I so appreciate that. Darren. Be That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, I'm hopeful about this type of more authentic relating, more authentic mm-hmm. showing up in the workplace to, to, you know, uh, any interaction in that, even the vernacular that we use in the workplace of previously, it was work-life balance right? You had to, you went to work nine to five, you came back, you had life. Now it's sort of becoming work-life integration. Now, a lot of companies, a lot of employees are moving towards this trend of how can I bring my full human self into the workplace? Mm -hmm. And I think that's fascinating Yeah, because what is life if we can't fully bring our full selves in? Right. 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 Again, I, I also recognize that I speak from a place of privilege where I, you know, uh, by the way, by my physical appearance, by your initial perception, you're like, oh, yep, you might be speaking from a place of privilege. I own that, you know? And I also recognize that it's not easy for everybody to show up as their full selves in the workplace. Yeah. And so that's that's also something that I like to think about in the background. How does our our invisible disabilities, our sort of the, our learning styles, the way that we show up, how does that relate to who we can be you know, yeah. versus what we can I really be? thought like, meeting you is like it's the professionalism mm. they seem like a very professional person which mm-hmm. is a really positive quality i mean yeah. but it, i also like immaturity a little bit <laughs> like, the goofiness the yeah, dad I, jokes I, I the puns. something about it like i don't want people to be too mature yeah. <laughs> like, yes like yes too put together right like, during that makes me think you know? yeah that makes me think of the concept of play like yeah. how do we play as adults and uh, as someone who's like who knows so much about the body, mm-hmm. who knows so much about like how to be healthy. I'm really curious to actually ask you, how do you either personally, professionally from the folks that you've talked to, yeah. how do you incorporate play into your everyday? I, again, I think a big part of it is just not taking myself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Like I have a lot of education and mm-hmm. I purposely make sure that I don't come across as this like doc person has a doctorate mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. higher than other people. No, like I've done all this stuff. I'm just like, no, like, I just want to be very relatable. Mm-hmm. Playfulness to me is relatability to mm. people. If I could just go out. If, if I could sit down with somebody and just shoot the breeze about anything, like literally mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I could just whatever, tell a person anything about me. I am an open book. I will talk about anything. 
about mm-hmm. my life. So mm-hmm. the cut that's like, hey, this is who it is, man. So what it is here, you know, right. that's playful to me. What's mm-hmm. hard to me is if someone presents themselves in a way where I'm like, there's like this armor in front of them. And I'm just trying mm-hmm. to chink away like, what the hell is happening underneath here? Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like it's okay. So like, I think just letting, like when I work with my clients, I'm like, hey, listen, you don't have to hide anything from me. You could tell me anything you want. I'm not going to judge you. In fact, if it's very messy, I'll probably be really into it. Honestly, mm. I probably will. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I'm like, I'm, yes. we're not shooting for perfection here. We're shooting mm-hmm. for just, just be yourself. And whatever yeah. that means, you know, as long as it's nothing like destructive, mm-hmm. you know, between us and other people, it's probably just fine. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the, the concept of perfection, I will again, own up to it. I was raised as a perfectionist. Mm. Like if it wasn't an A, it wasn't acceptable. Who was this from? Who, who, and mm, my parents, Your parents. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my parents, myself, of course, the, the yeah. high expectations of being the only immigrant, you know, child, the, the one who was kind of whether explicitly or implicitly was to carry on the legacy. And I put this in, yeah. in air quotes because it's just like, <laughs> wow, no pressure. Just go ahead and be successful. You got yeah, this. No problem. Right. <laughs> and, and similar to you, right? Like have the education, have the, the yeah. professional experiences and like, and so what, mm. how is that going to matter when I'm 111 on my deathbed? I was like, Oh, I'm so glad I got straight A's in high school, college and grad school. Yay, <laughs> go me. Right. Like who cares? No, no one gives a shit that. about that. And yet it's so hard because our society also socializes us to focus on those tangible metrics, right? right? The numbers, our brains get drawn to the numbers. Oh, you got a 4.0. Amazing. You're automatically in this quote unquote, better class than someone who got a, a 3.0. Yeah. And that's bullshit. Right. It is. I've had so much of that learning drilled into me by myself, by, yeah. you know, educational institutions, by my parents, by my peers who were also in this, this high achieving world that now it's the process of unlearning. Yeah. And that's hard. It is hard. Like to unlearn the patterns that have existed for decades. Yeah. That's that. I think that's my next challenge is how that's do I, challenge. you know, peel, peel back those layers, cut the yeah. threads that have kept me kind of marionetted in this, you know, perfectionistic yeah. tendency and I see think, what comes out. I think the other thing like with you is like, I see a lot of myself uh, mm. growing up and, and my early academic career mm-hmm. and things. And, and then I see like the last five years, I'm 44, mm-hmm. like really like letting go. And like being less polished, like mm-hmm. as I feel, as maybe that's the strangeness for me is I'm like, it's, it's like, it's just throwing me off. Cause like, if you ever see yourself in someone else, it's weird kind of, it is. and when you, it when, is. when also you feel that you don't, you never see yourself a lot in other people. Mm-hmm. Like I never mm-hmm. see me and other people almost mm-hmm. ever. Aww. Uh, so Aww. when I see my, I'm like, this is kind of strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hello i'm darian from i know life. hello in this body <laughs> yeah yeah it's just and it's always just two ends of the spectrum someone who's like very polished and i don't i can't relate to them forget it i'm not in someone who's very unpolished is not trying to move towards maybe more polished i'm not really into that either but it's mm-hmm. like it's different when somebody is presenting to two sides it's like okay what's going on here yeah <laughs> yeah Absolutely. Darren, if you had to turn back the clock, let's say 14 years, 
Yeah. So Darian at age 30, Mm -hmm. what kind of kindness would you have wanted to give yourself? And I say kindness for a reason, because, you know, there's advice that you can give yourself. There is like self-compassion, but what kind of kindness and or self-compassion would you have given yourself when you were 30, when you were still kind of beginning to maybe unravel who you are? Yeah. I think just kinder to myself about like, I had just finished my doctorate at like 29. Mm-hmm. So it's this really long journey. It was really hard on myself about yeah. it. And I wish I wasn't so hard on myself about mm-hmm. it. Like it was so like obsessed with getting it done, which was good. I got it done. Mm-hmm. It was a hard thing. I wish I would have been, I was more kind to myself about enjoying mm-hmm. like the process. Like I wish I had a bigger celebration about it. I had like a nice yeah. one. But like now when I do stuff, I like want to have huge parties. Like Mm. I want to like massive ragers, blowout keggers. Like that's the, that's what I'm doing. I'm sorry. That's how it is. (laughs) Please invite me to your next one. Cause I will do a keg stand right now. I'm telling you right now I do a keg stand. It's it's not for people in their twenties. Come on. (laughs) It's for people in there every year. People is living. (laughs) Yes. Well, I was like, I'm really into ceremony. I wish I would have been more kind to myself about ceremony, like making the ceremony big. I feel like we try Mm -hmm. to destroy transitions in life Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. we need to get back to more transitions. Like, Hey, pump up, find the joy and celebration is like, Mm -hmm. you have a limited run. This is a limited Netflix series, your life. It's a yes. very limited series. There may be six chapters, maybe eight. I don't know. Depends. <laughs> like, right. Like, exactly. let's enjoy this show. Let's get crazy, man. Let's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And I yeah. did that most of my thirties. I was like, boom, explode. And my forties has been a little more laid back, but I mean, I still want to rip it up. And mm-hmm. uh, I think I just would have been more celebratory about that time in my life for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. That makes me think of something that my dear mother instilled in me from when I was young is the necessity to celebrate at least birthdays, right? Like we celebrated a lot of things, not, we weren't like really (laughs) religious growing up. Um, but we liked to gather, to have a good meal, to sit down, to spend time with family. And as a kid, you're just like, well, I just want to play Like, you know, like, let me, let me leave the dining room table. I just want to get out there and play. And I remember growing up, like my mother would always insist on using the best China for our morning coffee. I'm like, we can just use the mugs that are already readily accessible in our cupboard. She's like, no, 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 let's bring out the finest China. And I think that's such a a beautiful way to view life that it's even within the everyday, right? Whether it's a birthday or just, hey, it's another Sunday to get out that fine China, to use all the beautiful things. I say this and a memory floats up of, Um, My partner and I have three cats and we celebrated their sixth birthdays on Halloween (laughs) and they just turned six and it's so ludicrous, right? Like Uh, the cats don't know what's happening to them. They don't know that they're six. uh, They're, they're, they're so cute, but they're so silly. But then, uh, you know, my partner, I put on little party hats. I got them little containers of food. I gave them each a candle. We lit them, you know, we sang happy birthday. Did you put this on Instagram? Did you (laughs) I, I think I posted a photo, but like, I wanted to be so present in the moment that I'm like, ah, you know, I, I forgot to record it. Um, and we sang them happy birthday by like singing in meow. So meow, yeah. meow, 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 Yeah. Ridiculous. Right. Like absolutely ludicrous, but it's something that we remember. Yeah. Right. It's one of those yeah. memories that we keep coming back to. That's like, oh, wow. That was the weirdest and the best time because it was so playful because it was so out of, out of the side of our, you know, adult shells. Sure. Yeah. I'm happy you didn't put on Instagram. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. No. Like just, I don't know. It's like, I feel like you should have stuff for yourself. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have any of that, but like, I just, I, most of my life is an experience that most people will never see. Mm-hmm. That's my life. Like yeah. you'll find a lot about my podcast. You look me up, nothing but podcasts, mm-hmm. but like how, like my vacation in Colorado, you'll never see those pictures unless you're mm-hmm. close to me type yeah. of thing. Yes. You know? Yes. This- what do you see as the value of, of kind of bifurcating, you know, the podcast versus professional experience versus your own? Yeah. I just think that like, it's like taking a picture of a mountain, mm-hmm. like the picture, unless it's like a crazy good lens or even then it just sucks compared to being there. Like yeah. it's no good. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and like, sometimes you take the picture, like, why am I taking this picture? Like, what's the lived experience yeah. for that? But I think yeah. for me is like one, I want the, why I separate that is one, those are really personal times for me. Mm-hmm. My vacation mm-hmm. ties, my family, my hanging out with my buddies. I mean, I have mm-hmm. thousands of pictures and videos of hanging out with my buddies, bowling leagues and stuff, mm-hmm. crazy nights. Only yeah. we see it yeah. because not because we're so private, but because it's like, well, we know each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. send stuff to people. I don't know, like yeah. about that personal stuff mm-hmm. type of thing. So, you know, there can be two sides. I'm very transparent, but it's like, mm-hmm. am I doing that for the joy of just the joy of like doing it or is the joy of attention, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Some people enjoy attention a lot. Yeah. And maybe yep. that's not the authentic joy you want. It's just right. validate me, validate me type of mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. that I'm very, that that's weird to me. Honestly. Yeah. It's that little burst of dopamine when you yeah. have another little heart on Instagram or, you know, the yeah. plus one on, on Facebook. Right. Yeah. For what reason are we posting? Right. Why to are we share posting? authentically? Yeah. Right. Why are we or posting? For that like for me, I post like my podcast. I'm very selfish about it. My podcast is about me. I'm doing <laughs> it for my personal education with mm-hmm. other and people. you say that too. I say it's it. It's in the description. Exactly. I don't yeah. BS people. I don't mm-hmm. go, well, you yeah. This is for my business leads and all this stuff, you know, it's blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, this is for me. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to listen to it, I'll put it out there. You can hear mm-hmm. Katya talk, us talk mm-hmm. about stuff, me saying she's throwing me off, all this stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I listened to uh, your episode with um, Andy Chan this morning about like Chinese medicine. Love Andy. I was like, yeah, I was, I found that fascinating because he was saying something, or at least what, what I perceived from it is like, we have the traditional, you know, the Western medicine. Yes. And then- Eastern or Chinese medicine is like, well, what is this stuff? This is not robust. This right. is not medically proven, but I'm like, yeah. what's the feeling behind it? What's the feeling? Right? How key. do you feel after, right. you know, exactly. The, I want to learn. I want to learn from people. I really want to mm-hmm. drink in everything from other mm-hmm. people and then make a decision mm-hmm. about it. And yeah. I want to put that out there. Like, Hey, this is, I'm learning. You should learn blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, do I need to put you know, videos of me like bowling and falling over, like probably not. I mean, (laughs) unless you want to teach other people that it's okay to completely bomb at bowling. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe, but then it's like, why am I getting my camera out in that moment? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just like want to be there. I just want to party and be there. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Darian. And the other side of the coin is how do you remember these experiences? If you don't, you know, post about them to socialists, yeah. <clears throat> how do you still remember them? Cause you know, over time our brains forget. So I'm curious right. about your like retention method. I do have 
like pictures and videos, but like I keep them to myself like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I, but you know, but also like if something has a super strong, I try to go for very super strong emotional feelings about things. Mm-hmm. And those are memories you always remember type of thing. Yeah. And yeah. I just don't like this whole thing of like, if you didn't post it, it didn't happen. That's so mm-hmm. stupid. Mm-hmm. Guys, People say it sarcastically, but now it's it. true. It's so, it's so stupid. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Stop telling that to people. If it didn't post it, it didn't happen. Of course yeah. it happened. Well, you don't need evidence of everything to, believe, to make sure it was true. It's a lot of mystery yeah. in life. You know, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. It's totally okay. And some stuff, totally. if I don't remember it, it's okay too, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really okay. I <laughs> like that. Yeah, there's beauty in letting go, right? Wait, opening oneself up for other experiences. I mean, there's lots of stuff in my daughter's life that, you know, she's 10 and I, I just forget some of the stuff that happened. I look at a picture of her and go, oh man, that was amazing. But it's not like I'm thinking about it every day. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. It's really yeah. okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Not everything needs to be documented. <laughs> like, That's true. That's, you know, that, that goes against like, I like to document because I have this, this maybe an unresolved fear of forgetting. Cause I, I yeah. want to remember as much of life as possible because you said, like you said, it's a limited series run on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so I've gotten into the habit over the last decade or so to write in a journal, which I know a lot of people do yeah, right? Yeah, in whatever form, yeah. maybe it's a digital journal, your photos, maybe it's an actual physical journal. Yeah. A couple of years ago, my friend gifted me a five-year journal, which is oh, one yeah. line on a page and it has space for five different years. So you collect these little snippets of memory and it can be the most mundane shit, right? Like, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, went outside today, had a bagel today, whatever it may be, but over time you have that little collection of, wow, there's so much wonder in these five years. Okay. If there is a Netflix series made about you, what would it be called? Like, what would it be? This is a, I guess, a new one, right? Not an existing it's a one. New store. This is a new series. Maybe is it a documentary? Is it like a, a live acted, mm-hmm. like acted, put on drama? Mm-hmm. Is it a movie? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I am partial to a mockumentary, similar a mockumentary. to mockumentary. Yes. Yes. Like Similar that. to like the office. Cause we know that it's scripted, you know, you have the, the boom man coming in, That's good. but also, yeah, it's also those real moments where, you know, I, I watched the office uh, <laughs> many times and years ago, but it like, it's just silly enough where we see all the hijinks and the, yeah. the weird things that go on in an office. Um, and also it's people, it's people doing their yeah. everyday lives in a boring office in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And so for me, I'd love to well, first of all, I hate the idea of, of a mockumentary being made about me. Like, no, no, thank you. That sounds really? awful. Yes. <laughs> because I like, like you, I like to listen. And uh, even though it's ironic that I'm talking about myself now, oh, the irony. Um, I don't want the spotlight to be on me. I want the spotlight to be on human stories. Right. Yeah. And it's like, what if we could zoom in to the perspective of a chair? personify that. What would a chair think? What would this mic think of it constantly getting pummeled by my, my little spittle by my voice? Like, what does it think? So maybe something like the life of inanimate objects in our daily world. (laughs) I think it'd be great to watch a mockumentary about you where you were like doing like a Toastmasters or you were speaking to a bunch of people at Netflix. I like you do. And then you came off the stage and you were like smoked a six pack of cigarettes or something like that. I was like, wow, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> like can you imagine? 
No, I'd probably like do handstands because that's my thing. I I do a lot of handstands. You know, you got off stage, you're like, give me a shot, Jimmy. And just like, wow. Exactly. Like it just, whatever. Just like, it's it's very polished on the front and there's something else going on. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think that's the cool thing, right? Like seeing all those unsexy moments of like, uh, I, in, in my book, I wrote a story about um, farting in, in my bathroom yeah. as one does, right? Because again, yeah, I want sure. to normalize like Thank bodily you. functions. Yeah. And the way that our, our house is uh, laid out, I live in an apartment, it's a fourplex. So there's four apartments, two on the top, two in the bottom. Um, the way that our bathrooms are laid out is you could hear everything from yeah. the other bathrooms because they all converge. Yeah. I farted. And then I hear, bless you. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like yeah. what just happened? And I was like, walls, man. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Very thin walls, and I'm like, thank you. And they're like, welcome to the neighborhood, because I had just wow. moved into that place. I was like, yeah. well, that's a story, you know. Better be careful what else you're doing in there. <laughs> I know, I know. Just like I'm putting my Spotify playlist on high. I'm like, please yeah, don't, like, put it don't on. listen. Maxi music on right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Maybe we should put a playlist of like fart sounds just to throw the neighbors yeah, off. Yeah. Just like continual farting. Yeah, could be a fun yeah. experiment. <laughs> the mockumentary is good. I didn't. I didn't see that coming. I definitely didn't see that coming. I think it would be, I would watch it. I wouldn't mock, watch most mockumentaries. I think they're dumb. But mm-hmm. I would watch mm-hmm. yours. I appreciate that. Yeah. That is actually that's the joy that I'm taking for today. I'm gonna write it down in my little journal. Doctor yeah. Darian Parker is gonna watch the supposed mockumentary on farts and things. I would watch it because I'm just so <laughs> thrown off. It would be very interesting. It would just uh, be like a great journey into exploration and mm-hmm. yeah it's, it would just be appreciate fun. that <laughs> yeah yeah i would want my my netflix i want mine to be a series like six episodes no more than six can't mm-hmm. handle much more than that well what, what would be the central premise i think becoming me yeah and because it took a long life. time for me to become me like yeah. that person was always there but it mm-hmm. struggled a long time to get out, like a long time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I think that you kind of know who you are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. you struggle to like discover that person and yeah. like, and then to say, hey, this is me. And then that you're good with it. And mm-hmm. In the beginning, it's sometimes hard to let that person out, you know? Yeah, yeah. For you, was it a catalyst? Was there like one defining moment where you're like, Oh snap, this is me. This is the Darian Parker versus like a gradual set of years of, of time of reflection. Yeah, for sure. It was like when I was in college and I took um, basic counseling skills mm-hmm. and we were required to have a therapist as well with it. Mm-hmm. And then I took public speaking as well. Mm-hmm. This was like my first few years in college. Mm-hmm. And then like the real me started, like speaker started, like the very social me was, that was like painfully shy in high school. Wow. Painfully shy. Would not I have know. expected that. Becoming me. Exactly. Right. right. And, uh, and I was like, man, I just, I need to get this out. I need to become the person I want to be. This like mm-hmm. more outgoing, more fun, rip it up person, but also be like serious, you know, mm-hmm. things I need to be serious about. Mm-hmm. And so that really helped me break out. And I just basically threw myself to the wolves. I was like, this is not going to happen unless I push myself really far and be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a cliche. Mm-hmm. Don't be uncomfortable. You know, honestly, mm-hmm. I kind of hate when people say that, <laughs> but it's like, it's so cliche. There's no growth and comfort. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> I know, but it's like, yeah. you have to like 
push yourself. And it's the same thing with training or whatever it is. There's, there's an element of being really like uncomfortable. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, like doubt, doubt's not a bad thing. I don't think, Mm -hmm. I think it's like, you get to points where you doubt yourself. You've really tested yourself when you start doubting yourself. Mm -hmm. I believe in that test. Uh, mm. for people. Mm-hmm. Becomes the sort of opportunity for us to lean in and listen even more of yeah. where that doubt's coming from, where it can go. Yeah. Darren, your comment reminded me a little bit of um, there's a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yeah. Love the concept of habits. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. And something that he mentioned in his book that really resonated with me was the people who are successful or the people who have, who get ahead are not necessarily the ones who keep going, not yeah. necessarily the ones who like put in the long hours who, yes, that is true. And also maybe more accurately, it's the people who are willing to withstand the pain of doing the same shit, putting yeah. in the same work day after day, no matter how grinding or, or terrible or uncomfortable it feels. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how much pain are you willing to withstand to make yeah. something happen to, you know, to be, to become you becoming me. Right. becoming me that's totally my thing it's like i spent a lifetime learning to become myself Mm -hmm. for that and obviously i'm still evolving and changing i'm pushing this is my the purpose of my podcast is to continue that journey Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like be a sponge and drink up everyone else like just like enhance myself Mm -hmm. upgrade myself through talking to other people and and then creating these long-term relationships these connections but once you're in the network you're in the network mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. i'm gonna contact you again we're gonna chat the whole thing it's a web you've gone yes. to the web you know right. so i think that's that's part of the joy for me is the connection mm-hmm. but also the the there's a lot of joy this sounds weird there's a lot of joy in testing yourself and, yes. and, and the conflict is good because it pushes you. It should push mm-hmm. you towards a greater version of what you mm-hmm. want to be. If it's always comfortable, it's what's good about that. Like, exactly. it's fun to be, you know, have comfort and nice things, but like, it's okay to like, really, really push yourself. Sometimes in our society right now, we're focused on like joy, 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 which is great. But like, mm-hmm. you know, let's not have discomfort, mm-hmm. like, or let's not have someone lose. Mm-hmm. heaven forbid somebody loses a soccer game for a little kid yeah. it's okay to yes. lose like losing that. is normal losing Let's happens in it. life yeah. and then you get to celebrate when you win like mm-hmm. how can you celebrate mm-hmm. if you win all the time or if it's just average it's like i don't know i yeah. don't get that i just yeah don't get that and losing like you know there's a lot of um this concept of cognitive reappraisal, the way that we think mm. about things like the mindset principle, right? Yeah. The way that our mindset is, that's the way that our reality is. That's what we started talking about today. Yes. I think that we can help ourselves get through loss or get through failure by reappraising it as, well, what is this an opportunity for me to learn from? Yeah. You know, and yet at the same time, also feel the sting of that loss. So we're not saying, oh, it's not a loss. It's just, I'm going to do better. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. But also there's the yeah. other uncomfortable truth that losing sucks. Like yeah. it hurts. Yeah. Like there's going to be tears. There's going to be hurt feelings. And we have these two kind of almost yeah. paradoxical truths. And we get to hold them within right. ourselves, within each other. And there's joy in that. I feel like mm-hmm. there's joy in that because mm-hmm. there's, there's joy in the come up and the comeback mm-hmm. and all these yes. things. You know, it's, 
I think we have to like look at those things in a different, I just like looking at things in a different way. And Mm -hmm. I like calling out things in an, in an inquisitive way. It's kind of like (laughs) when I'm going to come back to this again, you came on and start talking. I'm like, okay, I have to say this. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. let me spew my professionalism at you first Darian and then yeah yeah. it's not a bad thing I want to preface this again it's not a bad thing it's just when I get thrown off by something I just can't let it go Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. if you came on and you had like two horns in your head and a lot of people (laughs) would be like uh I'm just gonna ignore this I don't want to like go there I'd be like what what's that on your head like (laughs) (laughs) tell me the story of your two horns spend this whole hour like looking at the top of your head and not like point out the obvious thing that's going on here. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. What's absolutely. up with those horns? Like, <laughs> that's why I'm wearing my hair down, Darian. So you can't see my horns underneath uh, my, my uh, hair. Okay. Don't tell anyone. You know, <laughs> yeah. Katya would be, a, I think, a very good person is just like, if you went to a bar and somebody was just sitting there next to you and you didn't know them, you, you would end up talking to Katya for like three hours, probably after. Oh my gosh. I yeah. appreciate that so much because, like, that's actually happened. Anytime that I go to a bar by myself, I just. Yeah start talking to people yeah, because like person. yeah every stranger is a friend in disguise yeah see i know what, it right I totally know it <laughs> it's like, or at oh, least man. has the potential to be yeah. yeah yeah exactly it's just it's just wonderful you're a wonderful person katya mm-hmm. i i really appreciate the time you gave me to uh just learn about you and have a discussion oh you know life's better when we talk to each other it really yes is. i agree darren thank you people. yeah yeah, thank you for providing the space and the vivacity. I'm just like bouncing on my calves right now. I'm just so jazzed up by our conversation. And I'm so grateful that you craft these intentional spaces for yeah. what I think vulnerable human conversations. Right. I know we didn't talk about your book a lot. And stuff. <laughs> like, you know, I really never get to that type of stuff with people. I'm like, let's just like, let it be weird, man. Let's just yeah. let it go where it's going to go. Let it be weird. That's a let good life weird. motto. Let mm-hmm. it be right. Just let it be weird. Like it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Like it's really, I just want to give people permission to just like fade into whatever it is, man. Long as it's not mm-hmm. destructive, harming mm-hmm. a lot of other people, mm-hmm. you know, that type of stuff I'm not into. I don't think there's, exactly. there's boundaries. You have to set boundaries in life, but if it's just like, you know, kind of weird hanging out, mm-hmm. you like to do that. Okay. Let's just talk about it. I mean, it's yes. pretty fun. Yes. <laughs> Doing a little dance, getting, getting jiggy with it. You know, yes. all these things. Yes. Yes. I, I often dance in my workshops when I'm presenting. I'm like, all right, folks, welcome back for really? the break. If you use that break to dance, I did too. I had a one woman dance party and usually gets a, a few laughs and be like, do you start dancing oh. actually. Do start I do. Dancing? I actually like do this. Cause I always put on a good playlist. Like the head bob. So I start like bopping. I start yeah. like you know, the, the duck thing, the, the duck, duck move, thing, yeah. that's what I call yeah. it. Who knows what it is actually called, but it's fun. It's levity. It's unexpected, right? It's the delightful it's surprise. Yeah. This is great. This is fantastic. Likewise. Katya, thank, thank you so, so much. much for Tell everybody uh, about where to get the book, how to connect with you, the whole deal. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I would love for you to if you're wondering about a little sparkle of joy, the book is called Joy in Plain Sight, Stories and Essays Celebrating Wonder in the Ordinary. It's available now in Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, anyway, anywhere you buy books, soon to be available in Los Angeles bookstores. So if y'all are ever in LA, please, please holler, say hi. I'm on Instagram for my professional bookstagram at Joy in Plain Sight. 
but I would also love to hear from you. Welcome to visit my website, katyadavidova.com. There's a contact form there or just DM me on Instagram. I genuinely like if this struck a chord, if you disagree with it, if you challenge it, if you resonate with it, please reach out. Best way to do it. Instagram, join plain sight or via my website, katyadavidova.com or LinkedIn. That's another uh, big one I check. Thanks y'all. I just, Darren, so, so grateful for you to provide this opportunity to connect. It's such a joy. Of course. Uh, Everyone, Katya. Awesome. All right. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Many of us, if we're being honest, have given up hope on good sleep. But why? Well, if you're like me, you've tried everything and nothing has helped. So if we're not going to sleep well anyway, why try? That kind of thinking is so 2021. It's time to rethink our nights and days and demand more from our sleep. Talk with your doctor about how you can seize the night and day. And visit SeizeTheNightAndDay.com to learn more. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever. So you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts.